0: I think one of the biggest things is we come up with our own ideas. We go to these mastermind groups. We see other people selling something. We see other people doing something that's working. And we're like, oh, I should sell that too. I should do that too. Mm -hmm. And then we go on this journey of like building the product, doing the thing or creating the challenge or doing the coaching program or creating the app or, you know, making the new program. And it's like, is that what your customer actually wants? Do they actually want that? Or is that you like thinking you know better than the customer.
1: Welcome to Big Business Mistakes, hosted by Brandon and Kaylin Poulin. Here the most successful entrepreneurs tell jaw-dropping stories and lessons behind their biggest business mistakes so that you don't make them. Ditch the fake highlight reel and get the raw truths and golden lessons of what it actually takes to scale your business from
0: those who have done it. This is Big Business Mistakes. Welcome to the Big Business Mistakes Show. <laughs> You're mouthing what I'm mouthing. You can't do that.
1: Did I do it? Yeah. That was sub- totally subconscious. You do that when I eat too,
0: weirdo. Welcome to the Big Business <laughs> Mistakes Show. I'm your host, Kaylin Pullin, And Brandon Pullin, And Brandon, Brandon Pullin. Dang, I was going to like throw it off to you. You didn't trust me, did you?
1: No. <laughs> Not after <laughs> the last one.
0: Oh my gosh. Today, we're going to talk about big selling mistakes. Oh, I'm excited for this because I could go on for days, days. I've done a lot of selling. I've done, that's all I've done. Like, everybody thinks I'm like the recipe maker on Facebook, but like, really, like, that's all I've done (laughs) over the last, what, since I was
1: 21. Even before. Yeah. Like, since you started in business, you were selling. Yep. Because when we started together, we were both selling.
0: Yeah. And even before that, I'm what you call a maven. Why don't you tell everybody what that means? So before I was actually selling a product, I was selling you my favorite restaurant, my favorite place to go,
1: (laughs) my favorite clothes. If if you ever met Kaylin or you know her, (laughs) you know that when she describes something, it's not just like, oh, hey, I went to this restaurant and they had this really great steak and like you would love it and it's so good. It's like, oh my gosh, you won't believe. So the other night... I went to this restaurant and I was just thinking I was going to get a regular steak and instead they brought out this juicy marble. It was like oohing, you know how like, <laughs> just like, just like all the flavor, just, you just see it fuming out of there. And the
0: plate's like 300 degrees so it stays hot and it's like almost oh, crispy yeah. on the outside and you bite into it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the best steak I've ever had and coupled with that, it's like, oh, I got lipstick
1: on my teeth? Nah. I was trying to be discreet.
0: Oh but- uh, yeah, this is like the benefit of watching on video. <laughs>
1: I was like, "Uh." (laughs) but so instead of just, and this is what makes you so great at selling is that you're a maven. And so there's a book called tipping point by Malcolm Gladwell. And it talks about the three types of people that create movements. Mm -hmm. And one of those types of people are maven. She's the maven, Mm -hmm. right? There's the salesperson, the connector and the maven. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think like rethinking about that book the maven like is the salesperson. Absolutely. Like if you maven correctly,
0: that is how you sell.
1: And it's like you sell without people selling. People don't
0: even know that you're selling. Like, yeah.
1: like y- you're just genuinely recommending something, but the way that you describe it and like paint this picture in their mind, yeah, it's like, it feels so, because it is. It, like mm-hmm. it feels so organic and natural because it is. Yeah. And so it almost becomes like selling without selling yeah, or inception selling. I know you like to call it inception yeah, selling. inception
0: selling. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like just the other day we had clients in for a strategy day and they had some time before they were going to like their dinner plans. I was like, oh my gosh, there's this really cute boutique across the street. Like tell them about your outfit. I think you absolutely love it. And it's a co-op. So they like go around and find like really cool old army jackets and then they bring them and they cut them off and they make them to a crop top. And put, they'll put rhinestones on it. And it's like things that you could, you'll only find one of ever. And I bought this like belt buckle there that you could tell is like legit from like the 1950s, the old school belt buckle with like guns on you it. You hear the
1: Maven voice guys? Yeah. It's like a tone. <laughs> like it shifted.
0: Yeah. It's so like, I'm authentically like saying how much I love this boutique because there's really everything in there is one of a kind that they make. But then I caught myself doing it because I was just like, wasn't even selling it, but I was just like, oh, I know that you love it. And like, here's all the things that make it so cool.
1: Yeah, so this this episode is going to be so good. So if you sell one to many, one to one. Webinars. Like you're leading a sales team or you have sales people or you're doing webinars or you do live events. Mm -hmm. Like Kaylin is literally the queen of like, I've watched her clothes from stage on a dozen times, Mm -hmm. like table rushes. Like she just creates urgency, billions of views that you've generated, mm-hmm. professional ads, ad hoc ads. You've trained influencers on how to sell, like dozens of influencers on how to sell. Which you've, doesn't even feel like selling. Like yeah. you've written the com, the entire sales duplication model for network marketing companies. Mm-hmm. You've done all the things. You've done one-on-one sales for four years. You've done living room sales. You've done... <laughs> hotel room sales, <laughs> you've done um, live selling mm-hmm. on platforms, you've done webinar selling, mm-hmm. like all facets, selling you guys an
0: ad, is, selling an email selling in text,
1: messages. You, you write emails, text messages, like, all of it's selling, right. Mm-hmm. And like selling is like, nobody benefits from your product or service until a sale is made. Yep. Like, Th- there, there's no value exchange until a transaction happens. Mm-hmm. So it's so important. So it's not like it's not like manipulation. It's how do you communicate with people to get them to be motivated to take action mm-hmm. so that they can better themselves. Like I was, I used to tell her like in in uh, our previous health company, I was like, we don't sell cigarettes, guys. Yeah. Like, so don't be like offended when I'm like selling. Like, selling is great. It's not dirty or slimy. It's no amazing. Mm-hmm. like it's what creates companies and every company has somebody that understands sales mm-hmm. like every entrepreneur most of them started in sales yep because the only way you have a business is if you figure out how to sell something kalen sold a lot of some things. so <laughs> i'm pumped a, for this one this, sold a lot of somethings. this is going to be so good well i think
0: it's a good point because everyone especially when you're on the topic of sales it's like oh no i'm just trying to help people i'm not trying to sell people i'm like well you're not helping people if you're not selling people Oh, right. Yeah. And so, even if it's on like your message of a lifestyle, a different lifestyle they need to to live, right, or like a way that they need to see their health, and like you know, through a specific modalities or methods that you're teaching, like you're selling them on those methods, even though if there's no product exchange, even if you're asking them not to buy anything, but you're selling them on a concept or something, like that's selling someone, that's selling them on a whole new concept of life. Yeah. Right.
1: So good. Yeah. So I'm I'm pumped to dive into this one. It's going to be a juicy episode. So you've got. Like I've seen her like a list of, of mistakes she's made in selling. And yeah. I know there's going to be some insane, like tactical stuff mm-hmm. as well as some stuff that you guys can just take away right now and, and implement yeah, you can in your pretty sales.
0: much put all of this in your scripts and on your sales pages and think of it this way, all of this stuff right
1: now. I can't believe you're doing this for free. <laughs> you're just, you're just a maven. <laughs>
0: it's
1: a great book, by the way, a great point, book. really good book. Well, where do we want to start? I don't know, wherever you want to, What What do you think is like the biggest mistake that you've made in selling mm. or you see other people making in selling? I think a good place to start, we
0: hit on this a little bit before, but it kind of opens up to all the rest of the things to talk about today, is I think the number one mistake that we made and that I see other people make all the time is not actually giving your customer what they want, trying to guess at what they want. So what I mean by that is... You're like, okay, we have this product that's working or maybe it's not working and you're like, all right, we need to launch a new product. We need to do a new thing. We need to, if it's time to add complexity, know Brandon talked about that before, about Uh, it being like one of the biggest enemies. Caveat. Yeah, caveat. So if it's at a place where the product that you have isn't working or you need to change what that is or what that looks like or you're ready to start new initiatives for uh, continuing to scale if you're at that place where you need complexity to grow, I think one of the biggest things is we come up with our own ideas. We go to these mastermind groups. We see other people selling something. We see other people doing something that's working. And we're like, oh, I should sell that too. I should do that too. Mm -hmm. And then we go on this journey of like building the product, doing the thing or creating the challenge or doing the coaching program or creating the app or, you know, making the new program. And it's like, is that what your customer actually wants? Do they actually want that? Or is that you like thinking you know better than the customer, right? Mm. And so even with uh you know with Lady Boss in the beginning, um you know we had our app, right? Like our pillar product which was the only thing that we had at the time, a digital program, workouts, meal plans, all that stuff. And forever people kept asking us like, what supplements do you recommend? What supplements do you recommend? Like what supplements should I take? All of this stuff, right? And so I created this little program that was called like uh, Fitness Pro Secret Toolbox. And it had the links in it to everything of like products that I would recommend, supplements I would recommend, like kitchen tools I would recommend, like all of this, right? But people would still be like, okay, like this is pretty good. And people always be asking what supplements, what supplements, what supplements, what supplements, right? And so that's when it was like our customers are legit asking us like what supplements should I take? And instead of referring them out to everyone else, what if we create our own? Like, that's a perfect example of the customer saying that's something they wanted, right? Mm. Another good example of this was, you know, when when is there going to be a t-shirt? Like, when can we buy t-shirts? Can you make a t-shirt? Can you make hats? Can you make all this stuff? And like, as like that amount of comments grew of people asking for those things when I was live or in the community, like asking us for apparel, that's when we decided to launch apparel, right? And then you talk about mistakes wise of like, oh, I think we could launch this 14-day detox for them that they'll want to use because, you know,
1: they want to have it. (laughs) So like creating products based on what people say they want, Mm -hmm. not what you think they want.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And even if you have some ideas that you're like, okay, here's what I think they want. So starting
1: with just what you're selling.
0: Yes. What you're selling. But you have an idea of like, okay, here's the ideas of what I think we could do and then simply survey them and ask them what they actually want. Like if I was going to go build something new for you guys to be able to use, what which of these things would you like it to be and let them vote on it? And so we opened like polling in our community and even when it came down to like the next types of apparel that we were going to launch, like we'd literally send out and be like, okay, do you guys want to see leggings next? Like, what color leggings do you want? Or like, what color shirts and apparel do you want? Or what kind of cut of shirts do you want? And so then it was like, for me going from guessing, I'm like, oh, I think they'll like this tank top. And I think they'll like these white marble leggings because they're so cute. And guess what? No woman wants to walk around in white leggings. All right, let me save you guys some pain here. <laughs> because I was like, oh, these will be so cute. I made a pink set and I made a white set. All right. And nobody wanted the white set. Because guess what? None of my customers, right? Women, like working towards a weight loss goal, wanted to wear white leggings. They weren't comfortable in them, right? So that was me going from what I thought they would want. Oh, because this legging set is cute.
1: Most guys don't want white pants either. <laughs> yeah. Like some guys can pull them off, but I'm like- yeah. You
0: a- pull off white pants? It was like the yeah. first time I met you were wearing I said w- white mo-
1: skinny jeans. I said most guys yeah. are not like into white pants.
0: Yeah, totally. And so, you know, launched these and it didn't work. And it was like, oh, I thought everyone would love these. And it, it was simple, like as simple as just surveying them and asking them, what what do you want, Right. And so in the later years, we would literally just live and die so guys, by are, customer survey.
1: Are you selling what your customers want? Yep. Or are you creating something that you think they want mm-hmm. without asking them first? I mean, you could save yourself a lot of time <laughs> and energy and, and, and money and resources, energy allocation, all of it by just confirming it's what they want. Mm hmm. surveys
0: yep so then as we began to launch like in the later years we began to launch flavors of um our hero product our our meal replacement shake right Mm -hmm. we started surveying them of like if we came out with other flavors what flavors would you want those to be and we take that survey and whichever one was like the top number one the number two the number it literally would go in order of the top most popular ones that everyone voted for and that's what we create the new ones to be and then the ones that weren't to scale of like how popular the other ones were, we'd throw those out and we'd create a new survey, like the next six months that went out for them to say what flavors they wanted to do. So then it's like they had a say in it. So then when that flavor came about, they had to have it because like, that's the one I voted for. That's what I wanted. This is the one that yeah. like,
1: they had already I taken, stood on. Mm-hmm. They took an incremental action yeah. towards it. Yeah. Right. There was an act of compliance, a step forward, mm-hmm. a move forward, an action from their part towards it too.
0: Yeah. But it also wasn't me guessing of like, oh, yeah. I think blueberry cobbler is gonna be super popular, cause doesn't ever like everywhere everyone where I'm from loves that flavor. Yeah. Right. But that doesn't mean everyone does. And so you have to allow your customers. I had
1: never had blueberry cobbler <laughs> until we did like Christmas with your family.
0: That was peach cobbler.
1: And blueberry, I think.
0: You had blueberry. Nobody makes
1: cobblers in the West.
0: No, cobblers are the best.
1: No, I'm just saying it's like legit nobody makes them in the west though
0: no nobody makes anything in the west but chips and salsa
1: like new mexico Arizona, they make guacamole california texas nobody yeah. makes peach cobbler texas or, makes peach cobbler i mean i haven't seen it. it's here. considered the south we're also in austin where like <laughs> everyone's gluten-free i'll make
0: you peach cobbler, babe <laughs> and so you have to allow what your customers want to override what you want you know like what are they actually asking for so survey good. them we, when i first built when we first built um, like the trainer, the workout and like meal plan program and stuff. I literally had, you know, maybe, you know, a couple thousand followers at the time, like 20,000 followers. And we were building this program. I literally posted on social media and said... If you're struggling with your weight loss journey right now, like what are the parts that you struggle with most? And people would say like, what do I eat when I go out to eat? Like motivation or my workouts or not knowing what to do. And I literally took all of that customer survey feedback and that's what the, the trainer was really literally built, built off of. Yep. Was I have to check all these boxes for the things that have the highest pattern of what people are saying they struggle with. That's what needs to be in here. Yes. And so then when they saw the program and the product, it was like, this solves all my problems.
1: Yes, love that you know what I that just reminded me of is one of the things and mistakes in selling that we had to figure out was when we launched our high ticket program. Mm -hmm. Right, we realized that we actually had two customer avatars. Yep. So we had like Tina, Mm -hmm. who was like 25 to 35 was a social media user, like wanted to have a shake, wanted that like quick, you know, cheap meal, And then we launched our high ticket coaching program where they got one-on-one with a coach, which is a lot different. Mm -hmm. And that was Diane. Yeah. And so Diane was a totally different customer. She's a career woman. She's a career woman. She's a nurse or a nurse. Executive assistant or a manager. And so the mistake that a lot of companies make is, guys, don't sell to broke people. (laughs) Like, I know, like, it's kind of like, it's kind of tough. Right. And it's like, ah, like, Brandon, how can you say that? But it's like, you got to understand your customer. And it's a lot easier to sell the people who have money than mm-hmm. it is to sell the people who are broke. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, do we understand who our customer is, what they want? And then if we're, if you're at the point where you're like choosing which demographic you're going to serve, mm-hmm. right. And we were just working through this for a, a company earlier today, was like, there's no strategic advantage to being the second. Most expensive or the second cheapest, second cheapest, or anywhere in the middle. You're either Walmart lowest prices or your premium, mm-hmm. right? And there's there's a middle market for everything, an exception, every rule. But listen, like there's no advantage to being in the middle, mm-hmm. and so it's price like price wise, yeah, price wise, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like where are you going to be? So I love this. So don't sell, sell what your customers want because you ask them what they want, mm-hmm. and then you save all the headache of hoping they wanted and building it, and then and getting that feedback and then also like know who your customer is and the price point that they can tolerate and it is a lot easier to sell to people that have disposable income Mm -hmm. for sure love that what what else like in in selling mistakes have you made
0: um well i think another really good one and just kind of like jumping around here something that you guys can like tactically do today on the
1: show we jump around
0: yeah we jump around jump Jump, jump around. Do you remember that song? I do. I
1: thought of it when I said it, but I wasn't going to do what you just did because I didn't feel (laughs) like it would be appropriate. Leave that to me. I'll leave the singing and dancing to you, babe.
0: Um, So I'm going to jump around to like the actual like sales script and like how you talk about your testimonies, right? So I see this um, in webinars a lot and I used to do it until one day I just like came to the realization like how silly this was and how easy it is to fix. But also like sales script. So we were talking about like the results that you get people, right? So wherever in the sales script that your sales team is telling them or in your webinar when you're talking about testimonies, um, you know, I used to just like put all of our best testimonies, right? Like all the what I consider the best testimony, like the
1: most drastic ones, yeah, like the
0: most drastic testimony, like how much you had help them, like blah, blah, blah. But the problem with this is and the realization I came to when I was actually transitioning from speaking to like our, our lower, I don't want to say lower level, but like our entry level customer versus like our coaching clients. Okay. Was when I was starting to build the webinar, when we were launching the coaching program, I realized like, okay, my brain went from like, all right, there, there's all these great testimonies, but like, which ones do they need to actually see? And so my brain started categorizing, okay, like, I literally went to our director of coaching and I said, I need to know what the top five occupations are of this, of what, Diane? Diana? Diane. Of Diane. I need to know the top five occupations for Diane. I need to know who she is. Like, Mm. is she a nurse? Is she a stay-at-home mom? Does she, like, she's a manager at a store. She, um, let's see, what else? She's an executive assistant. She, uh, I don't know, flies an airplane. Example five examples, right? I need to know the top five, like what are the top five occupations of the avatar of this person? All right. Or like the things that they do. And so from there, instead of going with like, here's my top five transformations ever from this program, I actually made like the, each of the testimonies were demographically based. So if you are a nerd, like about if we're running ads and like, here's the people that are coming in that are best customer and like these are the people that like have no problem signing up for a you know five, six thousand dollar program. I put the testimony based upon that demographic. So I had one of a nurse and here's her losing 40 pounds.
1: So you you split up your customer yes. into different archetypes.
0: Yes, instead of just having like here's all of our best customers that and lost then, the most amount of weight. So you
1: had different archetypes mm-hmm. and then you basically crafted and pulled a testimony that spoke to each archetype. Yes. Ooh. Correct. So then so the nurse good.
0: watching it isn't like, oh, okay. That's good for Susie and Sally and Josie and Amy who all don't live the same life that I do because I work 80 hours a week in a hospital, which is their objection, right? It's like, I can't do this. So I work 80 hours a week in a hospital. So it's basically reverse engineering the objection due to their role and like their hours or whatever the excuses or the the objection.
1: Then you put the nurse's testimony up there.
0: Yep. And then I say, Look, this is a nurse. She works 80 hours a week. So She's in the hospital all the time. She has a hard time drinking water because she doesn't get pee breaks. Like, And she was able to lose this 50 pounds that she had been trying to lose for 10 years. And so the Diane... Poor girl doesn't get
1: pee breaks, man. Yeah,
0: they they, they don't. If they're having to deal with the situation, they can't just like leave and go to the bathroom. Yeah. So that's, it was a real objection. Yeah. And so I learned, here's our top five archetypes. Mm. And then like, here's the objections of those archetypes. And then I told the testimony in a way that overcame their objection before they could actually have it. So in the beginning when I'm like laying the foundation of here's the results that we've got people, then that nurse watching wow. is like, man, look at that gr- that nurse, Amy who wow. lives the same life I do and has two kids at home and works 80 hours a week and doesn't get to take pee breaks so she can't drink a lot of water or doesn't have the time to sit and have meals like she did it.
1: No, no objection anymore.
0: No, it just Excuse totally, removed, it disarmed. totally disarms the objection of I can't do it because this is what so I do. It's almost
1: like not only did you break out archetypes for your testimonials in your sales presentation, mm-hmm. But you also use them to remove objections. Yes. And you explained them. Yeah.
0: There should be nothing, like you should never ever be talking about anything in a sales script or in a webinar or a sales presentation or from stage that isn't the purpose is not to overcome an objection. I see as I go backwards from here's the top objections for this product or this program or this service or whatever it is. Everything that is in that sales script is overcoming an objection. If it's not, it's literally just fluff. And you talking in the middle and not saying anything because wow. if you're not overcoming an objection with what you're saying, then there's no purpose to what you're saying.
1: Mm.
0: So I would say like, that's another like big mistake. And so once I transitioned, I literally went back and like changed other webinars that we had for other things to do that exact point. Because I was like, how do I get a nurse over the objection of being a nurse mm-hmm. at the same time of getting a stay at home mom? over the objection of I don't make the money. Am I feeling My husband makes great money. I want to do this program. How do I get her over her objection and her mm-hmm. hurdle? Yep. But if I know who the top five or six and I actually extended it to 10, I would do five testimonies in the beginning and I would do five testimonies towards the end when I'm actually getting to the pitch of like signing up for the program. Um, and so I was able to like put all those architects in there and overcome different objections for different people through every single testimony. So the testimony's point is not to show the results that you got someone. The testimony's purpose is to overcome that person's objection that's on that webinar or on that sales call right now.
1: So good. So good. So it's like there's multiple angles from a testimony. Yeah. Like not just show people what's possible, give a third party opinion, but overcome objections. I love that you said the entire point of the webinar Mm -hmm. or any sales message Mm -hmm. is to overcome the objection. So by the time that you get to the offer and the close, there's no more. They're ready to buy. Yes. Right. In a one to many scenario. Yeah. Right. Well, even
0: like, you know, people see like webinars differently than I do. Like the webinar is the set, you guys. Like if you're going to have a call after a webinar or there's going to be a sales page after a webinar, like the webinar is the set. And so in a set call, technically like the set call is like to figure out like what the objections are, what are the hot buttons, like what are the things they're wanting to accomplish here? Like like you are basically setting up the sales call to where that person knows like here's what I need to tell them, here's the way I need to move the conversation, here's like the things, objections i need to overcome. Yes. Like the webinar or the script or the presentation at someone else's event that you're doing on a stage. Mm. It should be doing nothing but overcoming objections to like people working with you yeah right and i would so, say another thing that is literally on the same vein is the way that you tell your own story so the way that i would tell my own story like front to back from like you know being overweight using to, health as
1: an example yeah Yeah.
0: using health health as an example so this could be you in business or whatever service that you're providing your story behind like your backstory to how why you're doing the thing that you do
1: now what about like using business as an example like for what we do now like how would you tell it in that way
0: Hold on, hold on. So let me just give this an example okay. and then we'll, we'll walk through that. So for me, it was like, you know, I was overweight and then lost the weight and then set a world record for the fast w pro card. And then, you know, did all this in, did all this in my own health and live this lifestyle now. Right. And so I would tell this whole story front to back, like it was all equal. Right. So I would like emphasis on, then I got down to 9% body fat and set this world record for this be pro card and like did all these things within fitness that I had an eight pack and I had like all this stuff, but those things don't relate to the person mm. listening to me. Right. Like
1: when you say equal, like you spent yes. the same amount of time on yeah. each part of the story. Exactly.
0: And like that each part of the story was just as important,
1: but it wasn't, to them. but it's
0: not, mm. it's not. And so you should only be telling parts of your story. And I would tell like the whole thing, like the whole, the whole story. And so, What's funny is I realized one day, like, in, te- in the telling of, like, the fitness part of my story, like, no one cares and no one relates to that. And no one can see themselves doing that. So why am I spending all this time talking about this when, like, the part they're relating to is the part where I, like, couldn't get up off the couch? Yeah. Right? Yes. And so I need to, I need to look at my own story. And I would I would highly suggest writing this out. And I did this in, like, the my Attractive Character Master Course where, you know... You literally like figure out how to write your story and like the buckets of your story and the up and down of each each section of the story. But write out your story and determine and highlight what are the parts of your story that people that you're selling to now actually relate to. And you can cut the rest of the stuff out. Like, yeah, it might make you sound cool. So now when I tell my story, it's very much like 50% of the emphasis was on life before because that's where they're sitting right now. Instead of being 10% of the story, it's now 50% of the story. Because then they realize like, oh my gosh, isn't was in my exact same shoes that I'm in right now. Yeah. And then it's about the weight loss part, and which might be like 10%, right? Yep. And then I'll hit the part where it's like, and then I went on to set a world record for Fast WWE Pro card. And it's like 1%. Like, that's all I say. I'm like, and that's not even important. I'm just yeah. telling you that because it was cool for me, cool experience for me that I had confidence so do that. it's
1: kind of like how you would tailor the testimonies to them. Yes. But now you're tailoring your story. Yes. I call it mirrored testimony. And you're, you're mirroring, you're mirroring the testimony, but also you're mirroring the, and you're really spending more time and allocating more yes. time mm-hmm. in the storytelling to the parts that resonate with them. Correct. So good.
0: Correct. Cause so, like, so
1: selling is understanding your customer. Yes. That's oh it.
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. Like if, and, and, the one who understands their customers, the best wins like period like using the language they say, knowing who they are, knowing what struggle point they're at. Like I would highly suggest like implementing a survey in your business that asks people when they come in, either it's on the phone in a sales call or on a thank you page of the website, like asking them, like, what are you struggling with most right now? And what would, like, if you hit this goal, what does your dream life look like?
1: Yeah. Like what are you struggling with now when it comes to losing weight, XYZ result or your Mm -hmm. product or service, right? Yep. And then what was the second question? And the
0: second question would be like, if you got to your goal, what would your dream life look like? Like how would life look different? It's actually the question. How would life look
1: different? So if you've achieved XYZ result, that whatever your product or service drives,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how would life look different?
0: Yep. And so these two things is what I call my pain and dream bank. My pain and dream bank. And this is how I know my, I know the I know the women's weight loss customer better than anyone else in the industry, I believe, like, thousand percent i can tell them what they're going to say before they say it because that's how much time i've spent like studying who the customer is yeah simply by reading the own words that they'll write so instead of guessing around what they would say or what their objection would be or the struggle point they're at like i have the facts like i have the actual report i have a sheet that's a thousand cells long that tells me this exact person here was their pain and that exact person right next to it here was their dream so I could create content off of this, right? Like I just would run down this list and make content on all the pains and I would make content on all the dreams, right? Of like, if you're looking to be able to run around outside and play with your kids, but you don't have the energy and you're always out of breath, right? Or the pain, the pain part might be like- so
1: you're just taking their words.
0: Their exact words. And so guys, I use it in is, webinars. This I is use the playbook scripts, right here. Because instead of just being like, oh, you want to lose weight so you can play with your kid, I would use the exact language of, oh, so you want to lose weight so you're not out of breath while in the backyard playing with your kids and you finally be able to go on a bike ride with them and your kid will look up to you as a hero. Like, that's exactly what they said. Mm-hmm. That's not an interpretation of what they said. That's their exact words. And so I'd use the exact words that I'd see like patterns of like in the scripts and in the webinar because this is what
1: they're actually saying. Yes. And it feels like, oh my gosh, Kaylin knows me. Took the words out of my mouth. Yep. She, she read my mail. She read my mail. I love that saying. Yeah. It's like, they're like, I'm watching this girl and she just read my mail. It's like, she knows, she knows, like she's been to my house. She opened my mailbox. She pulled the letter out and is like reading the mail. I know I have. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, she understands me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Oh yeah. And that, and that's what creates that. That's what creates trust. Yep. It creates action. It's like, yep. who else would I spend my money with? Mm-hmm. This person understands me. They yep. get me.
0: Yep. And so you could have, like, if you have a sales team or you have someone selling for you and it's not necessarily like a webinar and comments or it's, you know, a customer signing up, you could have your sales team like, write Like that's the first two questions, you know, and have them write it down and see like what comes back. Um, and then you take that and basically inject it into your webinar when you're, or in your sales script or like on your one-on-one calls or your, you know, however you're talking to clients, their compatibility call or whatever with you, mm-hmm. their free strategy call, right? Yeah, You inject it there. And so Another part on this too, with like the injections is most of the time we write a script for something or we'll write like a webinar script or we'll write a sales script or we'll write like, okay, here's how the flow of like the strategy call is going to go. Mm-hmm. Right. And we get to this point point, we're like, okay, would you like to, you know, do more? Would you like to sign up or buy this product or whatever? And we feel like the script is the script. Okay. I wrote it. It's so good. This is going to work. This webinar is going to crush. It's going to be amazing. And like, we do it. And even if we do the webinar live once, then it's like, okay, I just got to do it again and, and again and again and again. And I want to challenge you guys to think that like when you write these scripts, they're flexible. And what I mean by like they have to flex is depending on like when I'd first do like the first webinar, right? Do the first webinar. And in the comments the whole time, like as I'm going through the webinar, there'll be comments and there would be questions and there would be objections. And at the end of that webinar, I would literally export all of the comments, and all of the questions, and all of the objections, and I would go and be like, okay, here's the five objections that came up. I'm going to go and put them into now the webinar script. Mm-hmm. So if the objection is like, I need to talk to my husband, or the objection is like, it's always money, right? So that's nothing new. Or the objection is like, I don't know if I have the time for this, right? So I would literally go into the script and every single week. I would download it, and then I would inject in overcoming that objection somewhere else in the presentation. Mm. Like, I don't have the time. And if it wasn't something that w- works with the flow of the sales script or like of the webinar, what I would do is put at the very end, I'd be like, so you might be thinking, right? And it's like one of the biggest things that like Russell Brunson like saw me that he's still like credits me with, but like absolutely loved is like, that you might be thinking at the end. And like, because I didn't know how to overcome certain objections that didn't follow the dialogue to dialogue of the webinar and so i literally made a section at the end after i presented price or presented application that was like you might be thinking this yep you might be thinking i need to talk to my husband and then overcome that objection you might be thinking i don't have the time for this or do i have the time for this and then i overcome that objection you might be thinking will this work for me and i'd be like i don't know it's only worked for seven hundred fifty thousand other women like why wouldn't it work for you right and so it let me call out every single objection that didn't fit into the sales script at a specific time at the end where if all I needed to do is get someone over that objection, then they would buy. And so carving out that specific place in your sales script, Mm. or like even on a sales call, you'd be like, let me know, like, are you thinking any of these things right now? Like, I'd love to just like, make sure you have all the information you need. Are you thinking like, do I have time for this? And if they're like, yes, you stop and overcome it. Or I need to talk to my husband. Like, usually people will say that, Right. Like, I don't know, I need to talk to my husband. Yeah. That one you pretty much you guys, know off the top. You guys,
1: this is literally the playbook to make an incredible presentation. Yeah. Like taking the words out of their mouth, using the objections, going and like iterating. I love how you said like the script, the script, it's flexible, right? Yeah. And I remember with our sales team and, and, and even now, right? Mm-hmm. Like in our process now, like we have a meeting where it's like, what are people saying? What are the objections? How do we adjust it? to handle that yeah right Mm because like you could go sign up with somebody and get a template or a general like a guru has a a sales framework yeah and it's like those are great Mm -hmm. but there's no one that knows your your customer customer doesn't care yeah better than you and you can adjust it and make it grow and and uh swiveled this way for me (laughs) there you go and you can adjust it and make it grow mm-hmm. and and improve it yep. based on their feedback and their words. Yep. And like, you just gave like a very specific example of how to do that.
0: Yeah, like for the coaching program specifically, like I had like a certain three secrets or three beliefs that I was breaking in the webinar. Yep. And then the, the the comment that kept popping up is like, do I have time for this? Like I'm already doing so much, right? Mm-hmm. was like the big comment. And so I literally went in and it was happening so much. I went in and changed a whole secret from whatever it was before to literally being time. Collapsing time. Yeah, because I was seeing the objection so much that it needed to be handled like so. The main three objections. Yeah, exactly. As one of the main three objections, because it was the thing that was what I thought was going to be the objection. Wasn't it was time. Yeah. Like, how do I add this to my plate when I'm a busy career woman? Because it wasn't the same person as the lower ticket supplement or you know app. Right now, the problem was time. Yeah. And so I didn't see that coming. And so because I see the sales script as Mm. flexible, I was able to take that. And plug it in and say, okay, a whole secret, a whole objection of a whole third of this presentation needs to be about time, mm-hmm. and how this actually like gives you back time because now you don't have to do all the work yourself. Like someone's actually like holding your hand through this. Um, that like changed the game when it came to to that webinar. Man, you're
1: taking us to school right now, babe. <laughs> this is good. I'm excited
0: about sales. This is
1: so good. <laughs> so what's what's another mistake that you made in in selling, or oh. other people tend to do?
0: Um, I would say another another big one would be um, people teaching solutions because it's the easy thing to do. And you think that you have like if they just knew this solution. Right. So what I mean by that is like um, if you have a webinar or sales script and you're telling them like, oh, you don't need to do this thing. This is what you should be doing. You should be doing these bullet points instead. This is like you should have you're like basically giving them the checklist of like, yeah, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. And you're teaching them the solution to what it is that they should be doing. You're not leaving there. They're not leaving there being like, I need to work with you. They're leaving there being like, okay, you need to go sign up for all these softwares because they solve my problem. Right? Yeah. <laughs> or like, I need to go and like, oh, like I need, I need, um, I need to create these kind of systems, in my business. Right? Like that's what I need to go do. It's not the end game isn't working with you because they don't have that problem. The problem is like, oh, I didn't have the software I needed. So, Instead of looking at things, like, tactically and teaching them of, like, here's the set that you need to do. Like, I never taught, like, here's how to measure your macros, right, and weight loss. Or I never taught, like, here's how to, you know, here's how to work out, right? You need to create a problem for them that you you and only you have the solution for. So when you're thinking about your presentation, when you're thinking about the sales script, like what new, what problem are you getting them? How are you educating them? Educating them in a way that creates a new problem for them. So maybe that's just like, oh, did you know that the meat that you're eating right now, you think it's grass-fed, but really um, your, your grass-fed beef is eating grass that's been sprayed with pesticides, right? Like mm-hmm. your grass-fed beef is not really like, is, is it really grass-fed? If it's eating grass that's sprayed with pesticides, like I'm educating the way that now they're like, oh no, I thought I was eating grass fed beef because it was better for me. But now I'm like, if it's eating pesticide, grass versus
1: yeah. Versus like coming in and saying, here's the difference between the two. Yes. Like you could you could come in and approach it from like a professor angle and Mm -hmm. be like, the difference between grass fed and grass finished is this. Yeah. But instead Mm -hmm. of just like teaching them information, Mm -hmm. you're educating and basically changing or breaking a belief that they have yeah and then turning that into a belief that now creates a gap yep, that you fill
0: yep and the way i get the beliefs is basically the objections what are the top three objections and then what's the belief that i have to overcome of like i don't have time right or like i can do this alone like i can do this by myself like I take those objections and then think of it from their perspective or the things that they say in the, in the pain or the dream mm-hmm. sheet, like here's the exact thing that they say about this. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, how do I break that thought for them? Mm-hmm. How do I break it? And the only way I break it is by like giving them the theory behind it, but not the actual methods of how to do it. Yep. Right. So breaking down, like, so for example, you know, in the coaching program, people will always say, um, you know, Oh, I just have an accountability partner. I don't need a coach. I just have an accountability partner right? Or like I could do it myself, right? Like DIY weight loss were mm-hmm. like the two really thoughts to break. Yep. And so I would come out with them with stories. And the best way to overcome and break beliefs for people is stories and analogies. And so I would say, you know, having your friend, like I know a lot of you guys are like, oh, like I have accountability partner or like I can do it myself. But a lot of you that have accountability partners, you're like, yeah, my friend, they can be my accountability partner. And I'm just like, okay, so there's a the two of you and neither one of you are experts, right? So, if you're, if you're going to build a house, right? If I was like, hey, Brandon, I'm going to give you all this stuff. Like, here you go. You're going to build your own house. How long would it take you to build that house if you weren't a professional? If you weren't an expert? Me? Yeah.
1: <sighs> Probably years.
0: Years, right? <laughs>
1: like, I'd figure it out. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, you
0: could figure it out. I'm Anybody can figure guy, anything out. But it's yeah. going to take
1: me a lot longer than if I had an expert.
0: Right. Okay. So, if that's true, then if you and your friend who is not an expert, right, are trying to get to this... Goal together, okay. And she's not an expert, so you both are taking way more time to do it and energy and how to figure out things that you don't know about. Like it's kind of like both of you being stuck in quicksand trying to get each other out. Yep. Do you or do you not agree?
1: Totally. It's me. like
0: you're both. There's no one on solid ground that knows what they're doing. Yep. That can pull you up out of the quicksand because you're both in it and you're both trying to figure it out. Yep. Right. So I would overcome that belief with literally just an analogy and a story. Yep. Around it, to where they're like, "Oh my gosh." I've been using my friend, say my friend can be my accountability partner. Like I just broke that belief for them and that, that that's the not objection. the person. And that was the, yes. And that's like at the objection. end,
1: at the end, if you didn't say that, they'd be like, oh, I could just have my friend be my accountability. Exactly. Exactly. But now that's now evaporated.
0: hmm yep. So good. Yep. So you want to be creating problems, not giving solutions when you're selling. I want to be creating problems for them. Like, okay, I thought I had an accountability partner. Like, I thought I had it figured out. And now they have this problem of knowing now that their friend can't be the accountability partner. Like, you see, I just opened up a new problem for them. They're like, well, who's going to be my accountability partner? Like, who's going to be the person?
1: The coach and then, that you
0: have to offer. Yes. And then to close that, I would say, you need to, true. yeah, you need to, I would say, mm-hmm. and before I ever got to saying coaching, so I would literally say, well, you need to find an expert. That's the person with their feet on solid ground. That's been yep. through it before. That's done it before. You need to go find that person. And so me just saying that, not saying like, you need to join our coaching program. I would say, you need to go find that person. Now they have this problem of having to go find this person. Like, where do I find them? Who are they?
1: Yeah. You didn't like shove your solution in their face. Exactly. You just kind of left it open.
0: Yes. And so i go through all That's three good. objections like this. And then I would get to the end of the third objection. I'd be like, you need to go find that person. And then in transition into talking about our actual program that solves all these solutions for them, I would say like, let me ask you a question. Can I ask you guys a question? I'm like, this is your place, this is your call, this is your webinar, this is your web class, this is your event, Mm -hmm. like, do you want my help doing it? And everyone, I mean, everyone, like, would say yes. Because now you've caused these three problems for them, these three new problems. And now it's like, yes, I need your help, because I don't even know where to find this person, or I don't know how to do this thing, or I don't know how to find... And then, 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 in your program is when you give them those solutions, so your sales, like when you're selling, you need nothing but you, but nothing you, but you disarmed problems. it. It was yeah. like,
1: Do you want my help? So now it's not, yeah. Hey, I'm just gonna start, I can help you. I'm not gonna start selling you right yeah. now. It's mm-hmm. like, do you want my help? And now they're inviting it. Yep. They they've taken a step towards you. So you're gonna take a step towards them. And so yep. the frame of you presenting an offer is mm-hmm. now an invitation they made.
0: Yep. Well, and the funny thing is the actual way that I would say it would be so like, good. let me ask you a question. Do you want my help? They'd be like, cause this is your, we're gonna webinar. Title,
1: we're going to title this, this episode. So good. <laughs> I feel like that's all I can say over here. I'm like, so good. <laughs> so good. It is. It's so Anyways, good. Anyway,
0: So I would say, let me ask you a question. Do you want my help? And they would all say yes. And I'd be like, cause listen, this is your webinar. Like this is your event. Like I'm not here to give you anything that you don't want, but if you want my help, I want to make sure the ones that want my help that need help doing this have the help they need right and have the he- next step to like make this happen for themselves. Yep. And then like now I've asked permission. Yep. They've given me permission. And so then like they're totally disarmed at the point of the sale actually happening in the stack and like uh, uh br- you know bringing forth the product and telling them about it like they've asked you for it. Like I'm ready to receive it. Like I want to know what it is.
1: Yes. Love that. Mm-hmm. It's it's I mean it's it's the whole thing. You're bringing yep. it all together. Yep. Like you're breaking the objection you're you're creating and overcoming the objections, which creates a problem and a void that you then fill with your product or service. Yep. Like that's what a sales presentation is about. Yep. And if you're doing this in a one to one setting, mm-hmm. then it's just more of driving the questions. Like yep. the example you just gave, you're like, would you agree? Mm-hmm. Right. It's mm-hmm. the same thing, right? It's just more personalized to what their objections are.
0: Yep. And I you think should- that's the
1: main difference. Like one to many selling is, you got to take the patterns through understanding your customer, which is what you described exactly how to do that. Mm -hmm. And then one-to-one selling.
0: It's the same thing. You have the same list of objections, but you let them navigate which objections you're going to talk about. Exactly. Right. So like for a webinar, I have the same list of objections for that coaching program as the guy on the phone selling has that same list of objections with the same overcoming of each objection, but it's now like, the person on the phone, the customer on the phone is navigating the conversation through your questions of like, what have you struggled with? What has been the sticking point? Like, you know, they're navigating, but it's the same overcoming of each of the objections, just done differently. Yep. Once more in conversation.
1: Love that. So good. (laughs) You've sold in so many formats. It's interesting to see them all come together. And like the psychology of this is the same no matter what publishing medium you're on. Yep event, one to many email, Mm -hmm. like you're doing, like if your business is simple and we've, we've talked about complexity in, in the previous episodes and you know, your offer and you understand your customers and you've surveyed them and you've got their pain and their dream, Mm -hmm. then you just interweave these things in all of your marketing material. Yep. Right.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And like, they'll write your ads for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like your customers will write your ads for you. Mm -hmm because the pain that they're dealing with that you've pulled out is the copy that you use. Yep. And the and the stories you tell become your ads.
0: Yep. And so literally and ad- the
1: testimonies <laughs> that you're using become your ads. So like yeah. a sales presentation or webinar is just a culmination of of all the components it takes to get someone to a decision, mm-hmm. and then you can pull out pieces of that to create your advertising message.
0: Yeah, I'll also say I was not planning to say this, but it just came to mind. Is the bonus? B- <laughs> bonus is a doo doo. Uh, <laughs> that's remember our little tone. Yeah, for the last time. Yeah, um, is I like that. Everyone's doing these five day challenges now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone's doing these five day challenges, and they're treating them like fulfillment. They're treating them like fulfillment. And they're teaching the solution in the five-day challenge. But the five-day challenge should literally be a broken-up webinar of, like, overcoming beliefs on different days that move them towards
1: purchasing of the big product at the end. Five-day challenge is a nurture cycle.
0: Exactly. But a lot of people right now, they're like, okay, today we're going to, you know... We're gonna go through, like, here's how you should eat healthy. And on day two, we're gonna go through, like, here's the right workouts to do for you. And day three, we're gonna, you know, go through, like, here's how to set up all of your, like, pages or whatever for your business thing and, like, doing the tactical things during the five day challenge that you're giving them solutions for instead of creating more problems. So it's like day one to me would be like them setting their goals and their why and, you know, why they're doing this. What does it mean if you hit this goal? like through this five-day challenge and you took off, like what what do you want to experience, right? Like I'd be setting goals. Then on day one, I'd be breaking belief number one and telling them why this is wrong thinking. And if you're thinking this way, you're never going to get to that yeah. goal. And day two, same thing. And day three, same thing. And then day four, this is basically like the closing up of like, do you want my help, mm-hmm. right? And here's what you can do after this, mm-hmm. right? And then day five is me re- recapping all those things that we talked about. Remember how we talked about you can't have accountability like this? Remember how we talked about like, like collapsing time you know remember how we talked about and so i would just say like if you're running a five-day challenge right now this is a mistake i'm seeing a lot of people make right now is they're using the five-day challenge as fulfillment and like solution it's, when really it should be only causing more pain because their five-day challenge is gonna make you isn't gonna like blow up your business it'll get you a lot of leads right yeah. but if you're doing it incorrectly like there's no ascension after the five-day challenge because right. they leave with everything that they need
1: right so good and it's basically an extended webinar yes. or it's an extended, it's, it's a sales cycle. Yes. Like a five day challenge is it nothing should be, but a five yes. day sales conversation Yep. that they're, you're overcoming objections, mm-hmm. sharing testimonies and maybe getting them, like you're shifting their beliefs. Yep. So to actually go do the thing. Yeah, Cause usually they're free, they're low ticket. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a cheap thing. It's, it's to generate interest and get people in a relationship to nurture that relationship. Yep and then ultimately convert them into something um, mm-hmm. at a higher level. As far as yeah. like the digital world is concerned with challenges. Yep. Definitely.
0: Yep. I would say the other really big thing that I see um, <clears throat> and that I used to do.
1: There's a lot of big things, guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, drop likes in the chat. <laughs> i like, I wish this was live right now because that's how good it is.
0: <laughs> um, is... When you're talking about, so say like now you've moved past like breaking the beliefs and now you're, you're talking about like your pitch, you're in like your pitch section of Mm -hmm. like, here's the program or the product or the course or the, whatever it is you're trying to get them to buy. Mm -hmm.
1: Here's the offer.
0: Here's the offer. And when people get to this part, they start, um, they start kind of detailing like, here's what you get, like, here's what you get. And 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 usually these things are like, you're going to get all these templates and you're going to get this content calendar system and you're going to get this five day challenge framework and you're going to get like this ads blueprint or whatever. Right. Like that's when you say that's correct.
1: Yeah. Like that's how you hear it. Right. Like, well, hopefully a lot of people don't even know I'm
0: saying this is wrong. I'm about to say this is wrong.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: I'm about to say this is wrong. Okay. So like for me, it used to be like, you're going to get, you know, a year of Voxer access to a coach. You're going to get like the 12-month curriculum. Like you're going to get the weekly tracking system, right? And mm-hmm. this is like, this is called your stack, right? And this is what you're going to get. And this is what you're yep. going to get. And this is what you're going to get. And so I want to say this is wrong. Once I started, once I changed this one thing, like in the the pitch, whether it was from stage or on a webinar or Mm -hmm. like in a script, whatever it is, like in a phone script, this one thing like changed the business for us. And that is you shouldn't be telling them like, here's what you're going to get. It should be use case scenarios of the thing that they're going to get. Okay. okay. So
1: you, I just want to clarify. So you yeah. still tell them this is what you're going to get. Yes. But because they need to know the deliverables. To be honest. But you don't stop there.
0: Yes. To be honest, sometimes I don't even, if it's on a webinar, sometimes I don't even say the thing that they're going to get. Like there's a picture of like the, say like the Voxer screenshot there. But there's still that a says, noun. There's a noun. Yeah. Listen. I'm yeah, going to yeah. press this yes, one because yes, yes, I'm yes, like, yes. it has a name.
1: It has a name. I'm like, cause most people in their scripts, and their sales presentation, yeah. they're not even breaking down and itemizing the deliverables so oh, that yeah. people understand the value yes. they're getting. Mm-hmm. So I think that they need to do that. Oh, yeah. But what you're saying, I know what you're saying mm-hmm. is you don't just say, here's what you're getting. Yep. You're saying, here's what you're getting and here's what it does for yeah. you. And so, here's an example of why you're going to need it.
0: Right? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So, so tell us about for, that. Part. This is how this plays out. It's like if I'm on a webinar, obviously it's different as sales script because you have someone on the phone, right? So you're going to say like the name of each thing, like here's the value of it, Right. Um, but even when I was on a webinar, like I would show the slide that has like the screenshot of boxer and it says like 12 months, you know, daily boxer coach access on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. For X amount of value Mm -hmm. for this part of the, the program and everything is itemized and it has its own name. Like we named things like power hour, not a weekly call. It was like a power hour and not like a monthly call. It was a momentum conference, right? Like everything had awesome names, which I definitely think you should have. Um, But I would explain it like when that slide came up about boxer access, I wasn't like, you're going to get 12 months of boxer access with your coach, right? Like they can read, they can see that. I would be like, this right here is such a huge piece because this means when you, next time you're in the grocery store and you're like, I don't know if this is healthy for me, you're sending a box to your coach being like, Hey coach, I don't know. Can I, I, just need you two screenshots. Like which one of these should I get? Or can I have these cookies? They say they're sugar free. Or the next time that you get crazy cravings at nighttime, you're in your pantry and you are about to take down a whole like case of Oreos. You can, you're literally boxing your coach, being like, Coach, help me. I'm stuck in the pantry. I got this box of Oreos in hand. Like, walk, talk me off the cliff, talk me off the cliff. Like, that's what you're going to be doing. And so I'm spending a thousand percent more time talking about the use case of how they'll get to use it and why it'll make their life easier and why it will get them to a result faster than me saying, You're going to get 12 months of boxer coach access, which means you can box your coach, you know, daily if you want to. And you're going to be able yeah. to talk to them you, all the time. You yeah. take
1: you take the deliverable of the offer mm-hmm. and you literally bring it to life. Real life, yeah. It's like when you just say you get 12 months Foxer access to a coach. And you move on to the next stack item. you, you see what the problem is. It's like black and white 10-inch television. Mm-hmm. Like, And then what you do is you take that- And this that, is the Maven part coming in. And this <laughs> is the I was going to say that. I was like, I could, like the Maven is like <laughs> flapping its wings. <laughs> yeah. It's like- Thunder. It's like roaring at me. It's like, so you take that 10-inch black and white TV screen and put it in 4K. And you zoom it to 133 inch theater Mm -hmm. 4K HDR, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like incredible like it's it's a it's a vivid picture that they can see and imagine and like they've got this mental picture in their mind. Oh, but this is exactly how I'm gonna use this. That's the difference Mm -hmm. in the way that you sell and describe, is Mm -hmm. it's it's not, and this is like I'm trying to train myself now, so, to think like this because yeah. like, you know, now with enterprise CEO, I'm up there with you and mm-hmm. making content, and I'm like, my brain literally thinks in checklists, <laughs> yeah. whereas like you're you think in like pictures and like Situations, situation situation mm-hmm. and like there's emotion, and so it's so cool with this example because going from this 10 inch black and white screen to 133 inch 4K theater monitor Mm -hmm. it's like all of a sudden this line item Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: we're saying you get this it comes to life and it becomes infinitely more valuable to them yes
0: correct so another example of this would be like in our simple app that we have that was like 27 bucks a month right or like 297 for unlimited access Uh, it's simple things like oh, you're gonna have a meal plan and you're gonna have a workout plan right? With tutorial videos and you're gonna have out to eat menu and you're gonna have motivational videos daily motivational videos and you're gonna have right? So it's simple as like you have your meal plan that updates every week with like the recipe video that shows you how to make it and you're gonna have workout tutorials with the video that shows you how to do the workout but the way I would explain that instead of just like listing things off like I just did I would literally get to the part about the workouts and I would be like so you're gonna get weekly workout that updates every single week and there's a tutorial video for every single exercise that you're gonna do, so then the next time you're at the gym and you like you're wanting to work out, but you don't know how to work a machine or how to do the exercise, guess what? You can like pull it up on your phone right there, and you can watch exactly how it's done, so you don't have to feel like silly or like people are watching you, like you don't know what you're doing anymore. Like you'll know exactly how to do it and what the exact like proper form looks like, so you never feel like people are staring at you in the gym anymore. Being like she doesn't know what she's doing. Like I used to literally sneak away to the bathroom to watch YouTube videos, to see how like a machine was done and I'd sneak back out and I'd take 20 bathroom breaks during my workout because I need to figure out how to work. Like that's never going to happen to you because you'll literally sit right there on the machine, watch how it needs to be done and you can execute it right then and you'll never have people staring at you and you'll never be wondering like, are people staring at me because I don't know what I'm doing.
1: I love it. So we're taking, we're taking the deliverables, right? When we present <laughs> yep. an offer, we say, here's what you're getting. By the way, guys, there's a big difference in a weekly call. hmm Versus a weekly power hour mm-hmm. with right? a coach. Mm-hmm. So we like we would name the 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 deliverable something unique that that gave it more, just more juice and more perceived yeah. value. It sounded new than like a Zoom call. And then you're gonna take that deliverable and you're gonna expand into a use case. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And that use case is like a story and example. Like, what's
0: the struggle and, they have and, around that? What's the life? emotion they feel around that? Of like what's being the at the gym. That it solves? Yeah. Being at the gym and not knowing what you're doing on a piece of equipment. Like, what's the emotion they're feeling at that frantic moment of like not knowing what they're yes. supposed to do? That feeling is what you're hitting in the use case every single time. So good. Or like you're going out to eat and you're trying to stay on track, but you have no idea what to eat. So you're going to open up the out to eat menu. It has everything listed where all you have to do is read off to the waiter. Hey, oh, Charlie's, this is the salad that I want. I want the dressing on the side. Hold the cheese, like replace it with some extra chicken. Like everything's already written there. You can literally just open the, open the trainer and read it straight to the waitress and it's already done for you. And then they're seeing themselves being able to do that. More yes. than me just saying you get an out to eat guide that tells you what to eat. right
1: it's amazing love this (laughs) so good i think we need to do a part two i'm like i think we need i think we need to do a part two seriously (laughs) so we're gonna have to like because i know we got more Mm -hmm. but but we're gonna wrap this episode but Mm -hmm. i know that we're like there's a part two coming on this
0: i mean i could go yeah we go for days on this
1: yeah so only if you
0: guys leave me a five-star review
1: (laughs) <laughs> we'll we'll do part two for five-star review
0: yeah i'd love to see your guys's comments like what was your number one takeaway from this episode like what would you like to hear next tell us what um because i could go for for day so if you like this episode I'd love to see your five-star reviewing your comment tell, tell us what to talk about
1: next you, you guys sales is oxygen cash is oxygen mm-hmm. and like everything that you do in your business should support sales mm-hmm. right it's like fulfillment's important too and I think there's a lot to be said about like if you can make sales and you have a crappy product you're gonna have cust- you're gonna have transactions but not customers right but if you can nail sales and you have a strong product mm-hmm. that's it that's the game well I also think too if that's you, the game. if you come
0: out with this approach you break you if you break the beliefs enough they can never not do it anymore you know like yeah. you I've broken the belief like if you break the beliefs enough they can never go back to old ways. Because like you've proven to them that that's the wrong way of thinking. And so you'll end up having customers for longer because you've actually like grown them out of old thinking.
1: Wow, so good. Love that. Let's end on that, guys. <laughs> guys, thanks for watching. Big business mistake show.
0: Wait, do I get to do my embarrassing moment?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. I, you're trying to cut
0: me off my embarrassing moment. I'll just like save it.
1: I was trying to save you from it, maybe.
0: <laughs> so, us uh, hear it. So um, I talked about, we talked about part one of this like a couple episodes ago of my mistake that I made uh, taking to Tylenol PM uh, before I went to do a sales pitch, you know, an Ascension pitch at a coaching retreat. And you were like, yeah, just this another is another
1: pill popping story. Yeah.
0: I just feel like I have to tell it now or I'll forget. <laughs> but on accident, you guys, pill popping. Oh, my gosh. I've never done that in my life. And that's what makes this story funny because there's way more I can intense. Already,
1: I can already see the headline now.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <Damn. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> so I'm notorious for like mixing pills and bottles. Did you guys right? hear that?
1: It what? was like a babe of like babe, disapproval, disappointment. Yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. The look was even worse. Um but uh so I'm notorious for like, you know, putting like traveling with like all the pills in one bottle. Not so, anymore. Yeah, melatonin, Tylenol, ibuprofen, like just one bottle so I don't have to like, you know. Just one bottle with
1: multiple kinds of pills. Yeah. So we're at Lake Pal. No guys. big deal. We're nope. at Lake Pal. Just just a big salad toss. You know, inside there, just a bunch of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So
0: we're at Lake Powell on the houseboat. And um, it was like that time of the month again. And always like mine are really bad. So um, Brandon had just honked the horn. And what you don't know about Brandon is like when Brandon honks the horn that the surf boat's leaving, you have approximately like 30 seconds to be on the boat. or That's not leave, true. Ask, you know what? You know what? When our friends are on this podcast, we'll ask them how long there is between Brandon honking the horn and when he leaves.
1: They're all hecklers, so it'll be... No. It's, guys, it's actually five minutes. No. Yeah, it is. Now I feel like it's five minutes. You Oh, out oh a bit. okay, so it is five minutes.
0: Now it is. At this point, it was not.
1: <laughs> you're right. It was not. At now we get, was now we get a
0: five-minute honk,
1: and then we get a 30-second yes, honk. Yes, you're right. Before we did I, not. I improved the process. There was a process <laughs> improvement plan in place. <laughs> yeah, see,
0: it wasn't the people. It was the process. That's right. <laughs> Anyways, so Brandon honks the horn. I know I have, like, 30 seconds. I'm, like, grabbing all my stuff and, like trying to make it to the boat. I have like just made my coffee, all this stuff. And I'm like, oh man, I really got to take some Midol before I get on this boat because I'm really feeling like crap. So running the room, I'm like in a rush. I know Brandon's about to pull off. And so I'll take my Midol. I go and like barely make it to the boat. The boat's already untied. Like I'm pretty sure I had to like jump like 10 feet. (laughs) Oh my
1: gosh. This is the, Maven. I swim There's to the- a big difference between Maven and exaggeration. <laughs> uh,
0: it's a fine line that I don't know how to walk. It is. But anyway, so I yeah, anyway. I made it to the boat. I made it to the
1: boat. You, however it happened. Yeah. <laughs> swimming. It was waiting right there. The boat. It was wa- swimming. <laughs> it was waiting right there. Okay. So I get on the on boat. On the on the ledge.
0: I get on the boat and we're probably on the boat for like thirty minutes, man. And I'm just like and the boat doesn't go back for anything. Like once we leave and we're on the boat, like you're on the boat until we come back. And you could,
1: you could confirm unless there's like a medical problem.
0: Well, there is a medical problem. Okay.
1: Yeah. Like if someone's (laughs) not feeling well. So I'm
0: just saying like, it's not usual that someone would be like, Hey, take me back to the houseboat. And we'd be like, nah, dude, like we're out. We're out. Like when we go back, we go back. Right. It was like a real problem. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm on the boat and I'm sitting like on the back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I am feeling so awful. I'm so nauseous. Like I feel terrible. And after like five minutes of this and like literally can't tell which way is up. I'm like, "Brain, you got to take me back to the boat. You got to take me back to the boat. And he's like, yeah, like for pale. real? And you were, I was like, you were like white pale. as a ghost. Yeah, And he's like, for real? And I'm like, for real, dude, I have to get off this boat right now. And so he takes me back to the houseboat, you know, which is a little trick. Takes me back to the houseboat. I get off. And I literally am like, what is happening and in that moment, I realized <laughs> in that dun, moment, dun, I realized dun. I accidentally took two Traumadol. And why why I say this is a narcotic painkiller, yes. guys. And and because when we go to like Pal, like you know, from surgeries or whatever, pregnancies or whatever it was, like I will always take a couple with us. So if someone gets hurt, like someone gets hurt skiing or surfing or whatever, yeah. breaks a leg, it's four hours for us to get them anywhere. So it's like at least we could give them something to like subside pain. So I always take it as like emergency use case for someone in case something terrible happened. Like they would have some pain relief before we get them to hospital. And so I actually took two tramadol. And so I, I don't take that kind of stuff. Like I'm like, out, after my C-sections, they gave me like Tylenol. You know what I mean? And so I literally had to go and I got in one of our noodle chairs. And so I'm in my swimsuit with a life jacket on inside of a noodle chair, sitting in the water because I can't move. I can't feel my body right? I've never like taken pain pills like this in my life. And so I'm like sitting in this chair in my buckled up in my life jacket with my big sun hat on that's like three foot across. So i don't get sunburned in my sun shirt. And then I literally have in between my hat and my head, a wet towel just draped over my head. And I'm sitting in the water like this, you guys, they had to come and they tied me off with a rope so I wouldn't float away because I couldn't talk. I couldn't move. Like I literally couldn't <laughs> lift my arms. Like I couldn't do anything. I was just like, paralyzed sitting in the water just like completely silent if you could ever imagine like completely silent just laying there like a spaghetti noodle in the water for like the next like 10 hours i was stuck like this <laughs> like legit from like, like sun up to sundown i was floating in that water i just
1: remember seeing you and i like <laughs> when you came back <laughs> i like leaned over and i was like what is she doing and you just like we're all like huddled up and like barely a head above the water and i was like oh my gosh like what is what this girl she doing so oh that was a good one
0: that was part two of my uh my uh pill stories and now you
1: know i have my own little the pill chronicles yeah the
0: pill chronicles hopefully no, no more of those will happen but that's my other well, no, because moment. i don't <laughs>
1: let you put six different types of pills i have a container
0: now you guys I have, yeah. a, I have a little separator container yeah. it's amazing
1: <laughs> yeah so if you want to sell a lot of stuff don't put all your pills in the same container <laughs> because you're going to be like a sitting duck in the water. <laughs> I love it. Hey guys, thanks for being with us today. We got a part two of this one coming. This was yeah. This one was juicy. Yes. Juicy. Sales, make it happen. Create the oxygen. Drive it. Don't sacrifice sales. Put mm. it first. Yep. Go, whenever you got a problem, go sell stuff. You won't have as big of a problem anymore. Yep. Appreciate it guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Later.